Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. The carrier of your anointed, the power of what you desire, God's very own Reverend Gilbert Asamoa. Amen. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we adore you. We lift your name up. There is none like you. Words cannot describe you. We bow and we adore you and we ask you to teach us. Bring us into the realm where you reside, the realm of the Spirit. May we desire more of your anointing so that we shall be placed to be able to fulfill our life's calling and ministry, so that we'll be able to occupy the room you have for us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus Christ, his name Christ, actually is a title. It's not a name as in last name or surname. It's a title. Amen. And so, um, Christ means Messiah or Mashiach. And it's the anointed one. And so, when it says the anointed one, the anointed and his anointing, our whole Christian experience has to do with our rapport or uh, our fellowship with the anointed and his anointing. Amen. And it's very important because there is, there is, not, there is not different anointings going around. There is only one anointing. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Bible says in Acts, it, that it says that how God anointed Jesus Christ of, Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and doing what? Healing all those who are oppressed of the devil. Amen. And so the anointing is the Holy Spirit. And um, if you look at the sequence of time, the disciples who lived in the days of Jesus, you will find out that he related with them differently after he rose from the dead. Amen. When he was on earth before he died, he was like he was like one of them he was like a brother to them if you like because he he looked so ordinary as a human being that the people who were coming to arrest him needed someone to point to him this is he hallelujah 
Do you think if Jesus was walking around with a halo around his head, like we saw in Sunday schools, do you, do you remember the halo picture of Jesus with the glory around his head? If he was walking around like that, that it was, visi that it was visible to people's eyes, then the, the arrested would not have needed him to be identified. So the they knew that when they come, they, they, I'm sure they, are, they were probably in similar age range. Maybe some of them were young like John the Apostle, but many of them were in their 30s, late 20s to mid 30s, I would say. Amen. So, um, they related with him so much so that at the Last Supper, it is said that John the Apostle had put his head on Jesus' chest. And when he said, one of you will betray me, Peter did it to John. Ask him, ask him, you are close to him, ask him. Do you get it? But then after he rose from the dead, we found out from Acts chapter 1 that, you know, starting from, maybe we should look at that scripture, Acts chapter 1, and start from verse 1. Let's see what we will find. We are talking about the anointed one and his anointing. The anointing will make a big difference in your life. Hallelujah. And so, we believe in developing your natural gifts. We believe in developing your, going to school. We believe in all those things. But what we are saying is that there is a place that anointing can land you that your natural abilities, education, and all those things cannot land you. So, okay, um, this is the writer of Luke. Luke also wrote Acts. So he said a former account. He's referring to the gospel of Luke. Let's go to verse 2. Jesus began to teach and to do. He said, until the day in which he was taken up, Jesus began to teach and do until the day he was taken up. Now look at this. After he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. So after he rose from the dead, when he wanted to give commandments to the apostles, it was through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Because Jesus was not with them all the time. He will come and he will go. After the resurrection, he will come and then he will appear here and he will appear here. And so, the Holy Spirit therefore becomes extremely important. That even if you are John, who is so close to Jesus, after the resurrection, he's not going to be so easy to find. You are going to need to pass through the Holy Spirit. So if John and Peter, who ate, uh, what, what do you call, kebab and stuff with him, needed the Holy Spirit to relate with him after the resurrection, then how about you and me, 2,000 years after the event? You want to relate with Jesus, you want to, you need the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, Jesus is the anointed one. But our experience of him is going to need the Holy Spirit to introduce us to him. Because the Bible says God has hid all his treasures in Christ. And they are hid not to be forever hidden. Like, you can hide things from your children in a type of playful mode. And you want them to discover. Hallelujah. So every good thing God had for us is hid in Christ. And you need Jesus, you need the Holy Spirit who is the, who is the um, divine search engine to search out the goods of God for you and for me. Amen. Amen. Alright, so the anointing creates your room. Your room is the place you occupy in the realm of the spirit. Just as there are physical rooms that we all live in, so also there are spiritual rooms. Hallelujah. So, so um, please get this and get this straight that 
the room you occupy in the spirit realm actually determines your physical life. Many of us have not seen the importance of it and discovered it later. But the more you become more in tune with this, your spiritual self. Hallelujah. Because whatever happens in the spirit world affects this world. And this world is junior to the spirit world. Amen. So, so things happen here after it has already happened there. Sometimes, some of the some of the storms that we see, some of the earthquakes that we see, it is the after effect of spiritual warfare between God's angels and the angels of the devil. Did you know that? Do you get it? And so it behooves us to become much more interested in the what is in the spirit than than just not just physical things. And to 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 have access to the spirit realm does not require for you and me, does not require for you to go and find a chicken with no feathers and perform some rituals. All the rituals, the highest and the greatest ritual that was needed to, 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 be, to, to be an opening or a portal for us to enter into the spiritual realm it was what? The death of Christ on the cross. Hallelujah. And so now that that has been done, all that is needed is for us to apply it by faith. Who is? Okay. Somebody should tell him. All right. Okay. So the anointing creates your room. Number one, the anointing creates the room of ministry that you would operate in. Hallelujah. And we read Proverbs 18 and verse 16. A man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before great men. So the first point emphasizes the gift. Hallelujah. Amen. And it makes room for you. Now, and then the second point says, the anointing promotes you and brings you before greatness. You will discover that, you see, God, God has done it in such a way that, you know, th th there used to be a musician in Ghana who had a song. And I'll say it in Chi and I'll translate for those of you who don't understand Chi. And the line, a line in the song said, everybody's belongings is not enough for the journey. That is the translation. So that I don't offend some, some of you who only speak Greek. Okay. So the, the, the line that I wanted to say, it says that in, in English translated, it says that everybody's belongings is not enough for the journey. In other words, people are always going to be imperfect. And you're always going to have something that you lack. Amen. But the good news is that God often will give you something that will compensate for what you lack. Amen. Yeah. So you will find out that sometimes somebody whose eyes are not good, be careful as you are passing by that you don't say something bad because their ears are very, very well developed. So the eyes are not good, but their ears may be good. So, so before you know it, they are throwing a stone at you because... The funny comment you passed, they heard it. What the average person's ear may not be as strong. Hallelujah. And so you will see that there are natural gifts or natural things that God gives to all of us. There's nobody who is without a gift. When it comes to beauty, for instance, even beauty, I am of the belief that there is no human being who is ugly. That's what I believe personally. Amen. Because, you see, 
the other day I heard something on uh, one of the channels. They were doing an analysis of beauty. They talked about the geometry of beauty. Okay. Amen. Okay. And it has to do with distances and shades. So they say that if you have good, uh, what do you call it? Symmetry. It helps with the facial part. And in this modern world, you can even use various enhancements. Amen. And a lot of things you see as beautiful, it, it has been enhanced. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And so in me, for me, in my view, everybody has some type of gift God has given you. Nobody is useless. In fact, it's not just because I'm a preacher. I was taking a course, a required course, uh, about uh, um, how you know employers should handle employees. And they were talking about that you should never treat think that some employee is useless. He said, if you are truly serious at developing employees, you can make even the laziest person become somebody. Unless somebody who actually has made up their mind that they want to be fired. Amen. So what I'm saying is that now, beyond all our natural talents, there is also an aspect God gives you that is extremely supernatural. That is coming from the anointing. And a person may be a nobody. Hallelujah. But then, because of the anointing, that creates the room for you. You can all of a sudden appear before certain places that you never dreamt you would be. Amen. Are you there? I mean, somebody like Joseph. Think about Joseph's life. Here is, first of all, a foreigner who has been sold as a slave. Of course, when Joseph was young, he was having these dreams about greatness. And his, his, his um, 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 brothers were jealous of him. Hallelujah. And so they sold him off. But once he landed in Egypt, the Egyptians don't know his background. Amen. Like people see you, they don't know, they don't know your background. A lot of people don't know that many, many, uh, a lot of Americans don't know that many of the uh, blacks from Africa who have come here are actually among the best. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Because a lot of people use school to arrive here. And the things you have to go through, you have to write these exams and these exams and TOEFL and this and that. It's like they don't know that. So sometimes people don't know. When they don't know your background, they may look down on you. But they don't know that from where you are coming, you were among the best in your, in your place. So, but the Egyptians did not know who Joseph was. Amen. The one thing we know was that he was good looking. Muscular and uh, what do you call it? Symmetric. Symmetric. <laughs> and then also had a six pack. Amen. Amen. So much so that Potiphar's wife desired him. But it may also be, you see, there's a, also a secret. It may also be also because of the anointing. Because the anointing can let you also be desired. Amen. Yeah, because you see, when a person is faithful and is close to God, there's an aura around, the, around you. Amen. If you read it in Son of Sons chapter 1, it says that, that, it says that, that your name is like drips of oil. That's why the maidens want you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah, Brother Rasmus. Be careful. <laughs> and so, and so, but then, but then think about it. Satan has no respect for the glory. 
One of the amazing things that, you see, today, if somebody falls or sins or does something, you can always, if you don't have any reason, you can say they, they got tempted by the devil. By the devil, who tempted him? Because that you, are, you are living in extreme perfection in the presence of God's glory. Hallelujah. But he still got, let pride move him. And so, if you are Joseph and you are full of anointing, people may, some people may not care. And he ended up being thrown into prison. Amen. Amen. Now, do you think Joseph had any chance in an Egyptian prison? Because first of all, there are, there are Egyptian prisoners also. If there is any amnesty that anybody is giving, your name is not going to come up first. Amen. The only way out for Joseph to come out of prison was the anointing. The anointing gave him a gift of interpreting of dreams. And so he started interpreting dreams. Interpreting dreams, you saw a lizard. Okay, a lizard. How many legs did the lizard have? Lizard had five legs. Okay, so five legs means that in five years, you're going to have this. <laughs> he started practicing interpretation of dreams. <laughs> Amen. Do you get it? And so, all, all of a sudden, these two very important because perhaps he tried interpretation of dreams with other people, other not so important people. But then one day, you see, if you are faithful with your gifts, that anointing places on you. One day, when it really matters, it will, it will become important. Because on the day that he was not even looking, two of his fellow prisoners had a dream. One of them had a dream of what? He was the um, bread um, baker for the, for the king. And, and his dream was that he was carrying what? A pan of bread and bears were eating it. Is that not so? Do you now? You must know this, this is not a good dream. This is not a good dream. I mean, best are eating the king's bread. Do you think you're going to, you're going to go scot-free? And then the other one, who was the wine bearer? What was his dream? That he was pouring wine for the king or something like that. But he interpreted it for him to know that you are going to le be let out. You're going to go back into service. And then this other one, your head will go somewhere else. Look, the, the irony of the matter is that the guy forgot about Joseph until the time that it was needed for him to get out. Because if Joseph had been released sooner, probably Potiphar would have gotten him or he would have gone somewhere and forgotten. But until the time that Pharaoh also had a dream and he needed interpretation. Hallelujah. Was it Pharaoh who forgot his dream? You know, Daniel and Joseph, both of them interpreted dreams. Nebuchadnezzar forgot his dream. Okay. He refused to say it. And he wanted them, if you say you are a magician, <laughs> do it. What I'm saying is that, you see, in the case of Joseph and Daniel, they were given supernatural ability through the Spirit of God to interpret dreams. But the anointing is not limited to even preaching or interpreting of dreams. Hallelujah. The anointing is God's help and God's presence. So in any area and every area of life. You know, I heard a story this week about uh, somebody who didn't have a lot of education. Amen. And by all means, we are not against education. By the grace of God, I have two master's degrees. And here you have Dr. Dr. Um, Nicholas over here. He has a PhD. He has a PhD in two areas. One is PhD in academics. The other one is preach, heal, and deliverance. Yeah. Put your hands up. <laughs> I heard that one too this week. That PhD means preach, 
heal and deliver. Amen. <laughs> in both areas, it, 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 it's, it's a blessing. So we are not against uh, education, but what we are saying is that whatever level you are, you must desire the anointing because when you are on the same level with someone in the same education, one would, um, the anointing can make you even better and you will be chosen above somebody else. Amen. Amen. So this brother, he was uh, working as a cleaner in, um, uh, I think, a nursing home. Amen. He was a cleaner in a nursing home. And he was also a stutterer, a stammerer. So he couldn't express himself very well. And then he got born again. I'm talking about what God can do. Amen. What God can do. See, no, we must believe in supernatural things. Amen. So this brother, his, his pastor was the one telling the story. I have not met this man. His pastor was the one telling the story. And so when he got born again, he said, I started discipling him. Started discipling him, you know. First of all, the guy didn't, was illiterate. Didn't know how to read. But his wife, he got a good wife. A man who knew how to read. So the wife was reading the Bible to him. Do you get it? Reading the Bible to him. And then gradually, he began to see, oh, okay. So this word that you pronounce, this is how it's written. So he used the Bible to learn how to read. And then gradually, he started uh, listening in classes. And then also, he started growing spiritually. And he remained in church. And the pastor who was telling the story said, I discipled him in the word and in the spirit. Amen. So one day, as he was growing spiritually, one day he was praying, and then, and then um, he heard something like God telling him, most probably not audibly, but he felt that God is saying he should go and get his administrator's license. I didn't know there's a license for people to get the administrator of organizations. So he wanted to take his administrator's license and passed. And then they were looking for an administrator for the nursing home where he was working. Are you there? So from cleaner, he became the administrator. This is what the anointing can do. Yeah. Amen. He became the administrator and then the person who owned the nursing home said, look, the way you operate, you operate with so much accuracy and meticulous faithfulness. He said, you know what? I have so many of these nursing homes. I'm going to make you the head overseer over all of them. And now the pastor said, this guy is earning seven zeros. Not six zeros. Seven zeros. What is seven zeros? What, what, what does that mean? It's millions. Is that not so? Hallelujah. Seven, seven uh, digits. Somebody who was, first of all, he was speech impaired. And then he was also illiterate. And why he was, there was no way he was going to reach that level. But he got hooked up to God. When you are one, and you hook yourself up to Almighty God, you become a majority. Put your hands together to the Lord. So the anointing promotes you and brings you before greatness. If you are hidden, but you seek God, and you walk with God, and you grow, you grow in the anointing. You grow in the, in the gifting. You see that even going to war, even going to war, when Joshua was going to conquer the land, the scripture said God helped him. Hallelujah. Amen. When David was going to war, so you see even, that what we are talking about is that the anointing, even in your field of area where you work, the anointing can help you excel. Amen. 
some of the successes people enjoy make no mistake it's not all of it that is due to talent too. talent and hard work is important make no mistake but then somebody will sing one song and they are they are they are it's like the song the, the song just breaks through hallelujah all of them are working hard but of course the anointing there's also one on the negative side people some people are anointed to pollute the world with their poison but we are preaching to believers amen, <laughs> amen. so the anointing that is going to come on you is going to make you do good for humanity amen. put your hands together unto the lord all right i'm going to move to point number three the anointing has been given to profit you the anointing has been given to profit you first corinthians chapter 12 and verse number seven the anointing is designed for the body of Christ to profit or benefit from. All necessary benefits of your life are connected to the anointing. It is designed for the people to profit and benefit. So the anointing is to benefit you. This is the passage that the apostle introduces the gift of the spirit. The manifestation of the spirit maybe let's start from verse 1 okay let's start from verse 1 concerning spiritual gifts concerning spiritual gifts brethren i do not want you to be ignorant paul is telling the corinthians please keep in mind that this corinthians this is the church that had mr and mrs chloe in it this is the church yes mrs mr and mrs chloe remember in one uh, of the account he said that it has been reported it has been reported to me from those of the household of Chloe that there is what? Fornication amongst you. But it is also two of his longest letters. And some of the problems that were happening in the church made Paul come out and say a lot of things, which today all of us are benefiting. So some were, some were pursuing other things, but others were also into the anointing, or desiring the anointing. And Paul is saying, I don't want you to be ignorant. Amen. Amen. If you read Romans, you hear about carnal. Is that to be carnally minded is what? Death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. He was writing to believers. In the beginning of uh, Romans, which we'll read by the grace of God next week, he said, I, I, I want to come to you to impart something to you. So in other words, you can have a church, a Christian church, but not everybody is after God or after the Spirit. Amen. There are some who have a different agenda altogether. For some people, it is a, it's a fellowship of meeting people. Amen. But then he says that I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. And every believer, it must be your goal to grow in the what? The school of the spirit. When you became a believer, you were enrolled in the school of the spirit. Don't just sit in the lobby. You go to the lobby of a building and if they have a good hospitality system, they have some nice cushions for you to sit on. They give you coffee. They give you um, drinks, which we call minerals. <laughs> we give you some minerals. And then some uh, biscuits. Cookies here, but we call it biscuits. And then they serve you and then they, they make you feel so nice. 
And if you are lucky, they have a, what do you call it, a, a fish, a fish aquarium there with fish swimming. And as you are sitting there, you are waiting for whatever business you came for. You feel very relaxed. And then they have this other fridge over there with frozen, uh, what do you call it? Frozen yogurt and um, frozen biscuits, you know, the American one. There is a type of biscuit that's frozen. And then there's uh, snacks. And then there's um, toaster on the side. So, so as you are sitting there, if you make the mistake, you forget why you came to the place. <laughs> and then they have these nice, pleasant voiced ladies walking around. Can I help you? Do you need anything more? Do you get, do you, do you get it? But you came, you, you, are, you are just at the lobby. You haven't even seen much of the house. Amen. Many believers have remained in the lobby of God's house. But there are more rooms. Your, your anointing will place you in your room. There are more rooms. And there are rooms that one of them has your name on it. Have you ever gone to a, a hotel or sometime, a, yeah, a hotel or a, like, um, not, not only hotel, but there's this place called, um, oh, the McDonald's. What's the full name? It's like a hospitality place. Ro- McDonald's house. In downtown Columbus, have you been there before? I went to volunteer there one day. And some of the rooms, you see that somebody's name is on it. Well, the name on it is often because they are the ones who donated money to furnish that place. Hallelujah. But what I'm saying is that now, in God's house, there are rooms with your name on it. Not because you built it, but God built it for you. But he wants you to be aware that it exists. And he wants you to be to want more. That beyond beyond the 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 the, the uh, Fanta you've been drinking, <laughs> amen. Like when I was coming to America, a friend of mine he told me, actually no, not when I was coming. When I arrived, and I was with this friend, and um, maybe the first week I opened the thing, he said, "Oh, coffee, don't be afraid. This you can drink ah." <laughs> Coke and Fanta and things, Sprite. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> so don't be afraid. You can drink. Uh. So as you are at the lobby and you are drinking, remember that there are more things. Because if you drink too much of that, you don't know that there are other better drinks inside. And God's house has this thing. It's all about your quest for more of God. Look, I was reading a book by John G. Lake. John G. Lake, who ministered mightily both in America and in South Africa. And he was commenting on William J. Seymour. Have you heard of William J. Seymour? He is the one that God used to spark the Pentecostal revival at the beginning of last century. The 1904 or 19 so. Like the modern Pentecost movement started with William J. Seymour who was a black guy. Hallelujah. His, his, his story is a fantastic story. He was so hungry for God that, you know, people were praying, believing God for an experience of Pentecost once again, right? Because they have heard of what happened in the apostles' days. They had heard of what happened in church history. But for a long time, the move of the Spirit had not been experienced by people. So there was a man called Parham, a white man, a preacher, who started a school of the Spirit, who was teaching people about the Holy Spirit and to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But those were segregation days. So that blacks and whites could not mix. So William J. Seymour 
went to the school, but he could not, they didn't allow him to sit inside. Are you listening to me? And so he, he, they had a, a porch outside, and they would open the window. He would sit as outside, and he would be hearing the teachings. That is what happened. I forgot which state. Right here in America. You see, he could easily be offended and say, you know what? Take your Holy Spirit. I mean, what are you going to give me? That you, you won't let me enter. But he understood that this is what I am after. And so, and so from there, that hunger grew, and later he moved to California. And Azusa Street that you hear of, he's the engineer, the, the one that God used to spark that. And so John G. Lake was saying that he went to visit William J. Seymour when the revival was still going on. And he said that, I don't know what level of education John J. Seymour, but John G. Lake in his writing said that the preacher was preaching with the funniest uh, vocabulary and accent. That is John G. Lake commenting on <laughs> William J. Seymour. But he said he got one thing going for him. He was so full of God. This is John G. Lake writing. He said, I've never seen any human being so full of God and so hungry for God. He said one, one day he was in the meeting and then there was a man who used to stand up and disturb. Like as the preaching is going on, administration is going on, he would stand up and be making all kinds of noise and causing an attraction. And, they, and they, they kept telling him to stop. The ushers couldn't control him. And William J. Seymour ignored the man for a while. This is John G. Lake writing. He said, I saw him, but then he said, at a point, at a point, I saw him come out of the pulpit and he said, I tell you in the name of Jesus, sit down. He said, that, and I tell you, my friend, this is John G. Lake, he did not just sit down, he fell down <laughs> under the power of his words. Hallelujah. So, so you see how, regardless of where you are, God can place you somewhere and God can lift you up. Amen. So look at it. I do not want you to be ignorant. Let's keep going. You know that, you see, look at me. Let me, it's an, I'm an example. I am somebody who doesn't talk. Amen. Amen. It's a miracle. It's so fire that, look, I started verse 1 and I have not moved on. I have, I have so many things to say. It is not natural. This thing is not natural at all. It, I, I myself know. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you think you cannot preach, Use me as an example. Somebody who doesn't talk. I don't know what to say. Amen. It is amazing that at some point, a guy who was trying to find ways to rap a girl, after the anointing has come upon me, that he has heard that I have words, he came to me. He said, Coffee, Coffee, the girl has come. I don't know what to say. I, don't I need words. Me, Samantha, somebody is coming to me for words. Put your hands together for Jesus. It's all about the anointing. Amen. It's a true story. That guy is a doctor now in Ghana. He said, Kofi, give me words. I need words. Amen. And I look at myself. This can only be God. Amen. <laughs> you know that you were gentle carried away by these dumb adults. However, you were led. Okay? Keep going. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God called Jesus a curse. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. All right. There are diversities of gifts but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. You see, the apostle is weaving the Trinity into the, into the text. He's weaving the Trinity. Lord refers to Christ, Jesus, 
God is the Father, and then the same Spirit. Okay, keep going. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So the point is that anointing has been given to you to profit you. You see, if you are a pipe that carries oil to, to other people, don't you think you the one who are carrying it, some of the oil will remain in you. So when the gift of God comes on you, it is meant for the whole body of Christ, but I can, I can bet you that you will be benefiting from it too. Yeah. So when you desire the anointing, it creates a room for you, and you yourself will begin to benefit from the anointing. Put your hands together unto the Lord. We are going to take it from here by the grace of God next week. Rise up to your feet. Let us pray and take out a good offering. Father Lord, we are grateful to you for your love for us. We thank you for this message, Lord. Let the anointing reside with us. And we pray and bring you our gifts. What is it that we have that we did not receive? So we present it to you. May you bless our offerings and our tithes. Let it go forth to promote your work. And may your children prosper and become a people that can carry the gospel to far and distant lands. In the name of Jesus. Amen.